We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Hello and welcome back to episode 17 of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Luna. And I'm Corey Taylor. And we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, today is the seventh anniversary of the Joplin tornado. It's a big day and a lot of sad memories from that day. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, really liking your posts. Uh, you post on the site. You've got some nice graphics up there. Really I posted cool. a, a graphic but I'm also getting a lot of shares from from the posts we've done in the past, especially the the fifth year anniversary. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people are commenting on that one and sharing it. I guess it comes up in their memories when they share something. Oh yeah, from two yeah. years ago. So we're getting a lot more shares from that one and and a lot more comments on the one from two years ago. We the did 2016, lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was the five year anniversary. So we kind of spent the day, you know, thinking back since it was a big anniversary, and we'll probably do the same thing on the ten year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So. I, I like what you did that one year. Uh, what did you do? You you uh, scheduled the I did mornings it, in, in real time? I did it in real time. I have all the uh, posts that we made in real time, and I posted it. And that was that was in 2016. Oh. So uh, that's what people are sharing. So I hope people don't think I got the dates wrong because they're sharing things from two years ago. But still, it's uh, it, it was a pretty neat deal that we did. So. Yeah, and in this situation, we we don't mind, you know, because it no. has the date listed. This is a memorable event, uh, unfortunately, a memorable memorable event. Um, but just make sure. I mean, again, we stress: make sure you look at the at the dates because I noticed something, uh, something I posted a, a warning or something I posted. It was like a week ago or something, and somebody caught it and started sharing it. And it's like, well, just make sure, you know, that that was a while back. That's not current. So. And, in, and in their defense, yeah. uh, Facebook's been acting a little wonky. And it I, has. And I've been getting notifications that are old that we posted a warning, but but we did it two days ago. And I know somebody post uh, po- commented today, this morning, that they got a notification on a warning that was two days old, but they only got it today. So I Facebook... Know. You know, it was a little inconsistent it's and like, stuff like that. What's going up with that? That's, I, I don't know. That that kind of takes the the whole, you know, immediate dissemination out of, out of the thing. I mean, I don't know. I wish they would stop messing with Facebook. We do our best. Facebook just needs to keep up. Yeah, and we <laughs> try to share to the to the groups as, as as much as we can, especially on slow weather days when there's not a lot going on. We can just you know immediately share to a group. But if we've got warnings happening and stuff going on you know we may not always get to the group but we will always do on our main page so just hit refresh <laughs> that yeah. maybe that would be the best thing to do so where were you on the joplin tornado i was at home here in branson yeah. uh i was fixing dinner we were having i want to say we were having brisket i was i was cooking something big and i was spending all day cooking and uh i had been watching the weather I had posted on Stormdar that 
tornadoes were possible. Instability was way up there that day. Oh, yeah. And I was watching for some, something to pop up, and it did in Kansas. And I was manning the site. Uh, this was back before we had a uh, site that was likable. It was just a friend site back then. Uh, yeah, like a personal site. So I would tag Stormdar in my personal posts, and it would show up on Stormdar. And you were in Springfield or somewhere up north. You were doing. You were somewhere. No, I, I was actually here. Uh, I've, I've, I've said this story before. Uh, my wife's mother passed away, and we we had the choice of going the twenty first to Joplin. Mm-hmm. That means she, they live in Joplin, or the twenty second in Joplin. Mm-hmm. And I decided I wanted to have Sunday completely off. Uh, so we decided to go on a Saturday, and if but and that was a lucky choice because if we had decided to go up there on a Sunday, we would have been in the middle of that tornado. Oh yeah, absolutely. So no, yeah, I was here in Branson, but uh, man, that was just one of those out of the luck because we were really debating. Well, we want to go on Sunday, want to go on Saturday. We don't know, and we just made the choice to go on Saturday, so we we lucked out on that one. Uh, and speaking of tornadoes, uh, <laughs> we have a couple more that dropped. Uh, just north of Springfield near Pleasant Hope on the 19th of this year. Yeah, just tiny ones, though. Tiny ones, yeah. They did uh, They did go to EF1s, though. Yeah. Uh, they have one about 6.25 p.m. Uh, it was an EF1, estimated peak winds of 100 miles an hour, path length of 2.3 miles, and the maximum width was 100 yards. Uh, then the second one was three minutes later, <laughs> which is crazy. It was an EF1 again. 100 miles an hour. Its path link was two miles and the same width, 100 yards. But the good thing is no injuries. Yeah. And I don't, I don't recall a warning being dropped for that. Do you? There was no warning. Were they in line with each other? Was it just the same tornado that hopped and came back down? Or Well, I was trying to get from, from the map there. Um, they, uh, one was, uh, I was looking on, on the website. One was, Two miles northwest of Pleasant Hope, and the second one was three miles north northwest of Pleasant Hope. So they're real close together. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see Sycamore Creek in both maps here. So oh, okay. I don't know where Sycamore Creek is, but the whole point is these uh, these things these afternoon poppers. We're in this pattern that's just we're we're kind of stuck. <laughs> There's no steering mechanism upstairs to to really push anything along this is kind of like the dog days of summer and we're not even in summer yet this we is got a while almost a month before the official summer yeah, yeah. <laughs> right it sure feels like summer the, the, yeah this is this is nuts and uh, we've got uh, a little uh i was looking it kind of raised my eyebrows uh the watching television the uh we have invest 90l which is a tropical potential tropical system so i saw it and i went okay i gotta research this and really, it, it's not going to amount to anything. No, it's just the first one, so people are talking about it. You know. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not going to have a name. And uh, I, I did see where they said that the uh, the GFS model, it's on the Yucatan, around the Yucatan Peninsula now. There's there's just slight, you know, it's something it could develop later, but it's just a bunch of rain like now. But the GFS wants to take it over central Florida. Uh, the European wants to take it up in the Gulf of Mexico. But uh, again, this is nobody's really getting excited about this, uh, except for the fact it's the first one, and it's not even officially hurricane season yet. Right. <laughs> getting close, though. Yeah. Uh, but back on the uh, 
activity. Uh, there, there, there's no fronts coming along. We have these low-pressure systems coming, and they kind of get to the middle of the country, and they just sit there. They kind of spin, and uh, even even today, there's just activity. It just bubbles up, and the focus has been more in Arkansas, and it just bubbles up. There's really no rhyme nor reason. It doesn't move anywhere. They bubble up, drop a bunch of rain, uh, shoot out a couple of outflow boundaries, and just dissipate. The thing I've noticed this week, though, is those things were bubbling up, and they were holding on even past dark. There was some uh, upper-level upper level energy in the atmosphere of some sort that I was reading about that was keeping those storms alive. Ah. So they were popping up, but they weren't popping back down. Yeah, because typically they, you know, they'll go up and rain down. But you're right. you're right. I mean, these things are hanging on well into the night. I mean, after you, you know, they they generally. I mean, what we say in a general rule, you know, in in the peak heating of the day, four o'clock, five o'clock, that's when stuff starts firing. I mean, but but these things were starting to fire by noon. Yeah, like eleven a.m. and they went all night long, basically, in, in parts. Parts of the area had had storms all night long. So. Yeah, and I think and they're very isolated because I think one of the mm-hmm. cells uh, came over. It was the other day. Uh, I think you uh, you posted Sun, a Sunday morning. A Sunday morning where it was just raining in your pool and rain mm-hmm. and rain and rain. And mm-hmm. I thought, great. So after <laughs> I in the afternoon, I I go out and I check my rain gauge. I got zero. This was that morning we had a. It was a fairly large complex come through, and most mm-hmm. of it went just right north of Branson and then cut off. Yeah, it so got you the. Uh, well, I didn't think it was. It was just a little <laughs> more development that happened past, you know, time that it had already gone to the north. We had lots and tons of lightning. Like in the Crane area, had lightning and thunder like crazy. Went on kind of up northwest towards Springfield, and the Branson Dome was very evident on Sunday morning. Uh, we had some great <laughs> yeah. clouds. Uh, more developed kind of to the south and west. We had some shelf cloud, a shelf cloud go through. Oh, those were amazing so pictures. So I went out. I did a live, and we. Uh, I posted on there that I think we're going to have some pretty interesting clouds, and sure enough, we did. And people were sending us shelf cloud pictures, and they're they're pretty amazing, very photogenic clouds. Yeah, kind of scary, huh? They're very ominous, and and we love it when you get get pictures like that. You, y'all are sending us pictures. Please keep doing it. We love oh, those. The, I mean, you don't see shelf clouds very often around yeah. here. I mean, I think you kind of do in Oklahoma and Texas because that's once know, or twice a year we'll get a good shelf cloud. Yeah, wow. and Mamadis clouds, and uh, I, I posted that uh, time lapse the other day, and right at the end of that time lapse, just as the sun was going down, you could tell if you looked at the right hand of the of the image, then the sun was illuminating the, yeah, the cumulonimbus cool? cloud. Yeah, yeah. Cloud. So I, haven't, I haven't seen too many um, Mamadis clouds yet this year. Uh, I haven't either. I've been looking, but I haven't seen any. Of course, we haven't had a whole lot of severe weather to deal with, and those are usually associated with severe weather. But you know. yeah, and usually organized severe weather. I mean, the, the 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 what we're getting again, they're just kind of developing, and they get a hold of a, a an energy pocket, and they go up and become severe and just go down. I mean, but there's not a lot of blow off. I think Mamadis clouds are better recognized on blow off when you got you know the storm going up, and then you got. A, a nice upper level wind blocking them off, and they they do that. And but, those are other clouds that are very photogenic. So send us send us your pictures of those as well. Yes, we love them. We will, you know, if it's really really cool, we will recognize you and make Absolutely. a main post for everybody. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm tired today. Um, oh, I I did find out uh, we are going to probably have some really beautiful sunsets for the next uh, several weeks. And do you have any idea why? Well, I do, 
but it's hard to believe that it would affect us over here. Well, we'll just have to see. I yeah. mean, if, if we can get uh, those trade winds uh, blowing the, what we're talking about is the volcano action in, uh, in Hawaii. If we can get enough of that particulate matter up in the air and blowing over this way enough, it's going to affect our sunsets. So we'll just have to watch and see. Usually that would uh, give us more darker oranges and reddish color, you know, as the sun goes down. So it would it would be very photogenic. That's the new word of the day today. Photogenic, yes. Yeah. It's qu- not quite the weather word of the week. No. But <laughs> we, we got one of those for later in the podcast, too. Uh, well, this episode is all about uh, El Nino and stuff, so the weather school is about El Nino, and then we're going to talk in depth about what El Nino is doing and uh, what we can expect. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. El Nino. We've all heard of it, but... What exactly is it, and how does it affect the weather? In the past several years, scientists have studied the sea surface temperatures in the Pacific Ocean. Variances in these sea surface temperatures are thought to play a role on global weather, which involves changes in both temperature and rainfall. This warming and cooling of water temperatures give us what we call El Nino and La Nina. These events are thought to have been occurring for thousands of years, but these effects have only been seriously studied in the past few decades. This phenomenon is usually a long-term occurrence, which lasts from anywhere from a few months to up to a year or more. When sea surface temperatures are warmer than average, it's referred to as El Nino, which has a rough Spanish translation to the child or little boy. Conversely, cooler-than-average sea surface temperatures are coined as La Nina, or little girl. The area that we monitor for these warm and cool temperatures lies in a specific region of the Pacific Ocean just either side of the equator, starting just off the western coast of South America and extending westward for several hundred miles. Typically, we feel the effects of El Nino and La Nina mostly in the wintertime, but their effects can be noticed throughout the entire year. Let's talk about El Nino. When we have an El Nino season, the warmer sea surface temperatures essentially cause the jet stream to shift and sometimes brings extreme weather to some areas on the planet. We look at El Nino to give us an idea of how the weather pattern could affect the U.S. Generally, in El Nino years, the jet stream sets up along the southern states, primarily from California through Texas through Arkansas and Georgia. The jet stream is essentially the storm track, and waves of energy tend to ride along the jet stream. The intensity of El Nino gives us an idea of just how far south the jet stream could go. Typically, a higher probability of severe weather occurs in the southern states during an El Nino year, California, which is usually dry, can see quite a bit of rainfall during these winter months, 
states like Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia usually have quite a bit of severe weather when this occurs. Colder conditions usually occur in the Midwest since the more southern position of the jet stream tends to allow more Canadian air to move into the country. The larger scale structure goes like this. A low pressure system often develops in the Bay of Alaska, and the winds traveling counterclockwise around that low tend to feed a lot of moisture into the California region. The low also flings warmer air into the northwestern U.S., so those areas will generally experience a warmer and drier than average winter. This setup also can allow for a pocket of very cold air to pool up in Canada and then slide into the upper Midwest states. This would give the northeastern U.S. a colder and snowier winter. On the opposite side of the coin is La Nina, which has cooler than average sea surface temperatures. Many times when La Nina occurs, then it causes the jet stream to stay up over the northern part of the country. This helps prevent the bitterly cold air from coming down from Canada. La Nina causes high pressure to set up over the Bay of Alaska, and the clockwise airflow around that high allows for a drier and warmer winter over the U.S. El Nino and La Nina give us a very broad seasonal outlook on how the winter season could set up. Even in a strong La Nina year, when the jet stream is parked across the northern states, there will still be occasions where cold air will make its way down into the center of the country, but those cold snaps usually don't last very long. And, in an El Nino year, there will still be a few periods of warmer temperatures, but then a return to colder conditions. When sea surface temperatures are average, then we won't be in an El Nino or a La Nina phase. This is what we call La Nada, or a neutral phase. When this happens, the jet stream generally keeps its pattern of tracking across the central part of the country, and the extremes in the weather pattern aren't that noticeable. There's always a combination of things that affect our weather. This weather school was designed to give you a very general idea of what happens in a typical El Nino or La Nina year. And even if we are in these phases, the actual weather conditions depend on a number of variables, like when did the El Nino or La Nina start, how strong is it, how long will it last. These factors have to be built into making some kind of winter outlook. The El Nino and La Nina patterns just give us an idea of what could happen. We don't know what causes these sea surface temperatures to fluctuate, we just know that they do. So next time you hear that we're going into an El Nino or La Nina phase, you'll have a better idea of how the meteorologists devise their outlooks. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormed Our Weather School. And now we know what El Nino and La Nina and my favorite, La Nada, is. <laughs> A lot of people say neutral. Is that your favorite just because it sounds cool or what? Yeah, it just sounds really cool to me.
<laughs> la nada sounds uh, Spanish for nothing. Like, it's uh, la nada. It's, it's nothing. Nada. Nah. <laughs> Maybe I should just use neutral, but th- <laughs> those are the technical terms. Well, I've been doing a lot of research uh, to see where we are at in the uh, ENSO. ENSO is the whole thing, El Nino Southern Oscillation. And depending on the temperature of the, of the water, we'll determine whether we are in uh, El Nino or La Nina or La Nada. So the World Meteorological Organization. Uh, what they have said was we are remaining in a constant weak La Nina uh, right now. Now, this is we're talking about the first half of the year. So January, basically through June. Uh, but the indicators are for that to decay. And then by summer, the probability is about 75% for neutral conditions. So we'd just be like average. Lanata. Lanata, yes. <laughs> and then 25%, uh, just 25% for uh, La Nina to continue, which they're not thinking about that, and a 0% of El Nino emergence. So that's just for the first half going into the summer. Now, on this, for the second half of 2018, going into 2019 season, uh, they're saying that the models are predicting a weak El Nino, so we're looking at maybe a little warmer than normal temperatures. Uh, so if we could go into a weak El Nino, and that will, depending on the strength, will kind of depend on what our winter weather outlook 2018-19 is going to be. I've heard a little bit of chatter about possible El Nino developing. Really? So uh, it's something to watch in the next few months. Yeah, it's such a slow process. I it mean, is. You kind of have to do that. And, well, and the final thing is the Climate Prediction Center, uh, they they are also saying the probability of a weak El Nino for the winter 2018-29 is 50%. So hmm. we'll, we'll just have to think about that. And uh, yeah, because we all know that, you know, the, the El Nino, there's there's other things. There's there's the, the PDO, which is the Pacific Decadal decadal uh, oscillation, which is up in Canada. So they all kind of work together. But the main one we look at is is in the, the western uh, the Pacific Ocean, right off of the equatorial South America, right in there, and then uh, which zone and where that's going to go. Because it does affect the weather all over the world. Yeah. Uh, so that's we're going to watch that. I would imagine probably what September ish. We'll probably kind of have a really good idea of what's going to happen. I would think so. Uh, and also, if I were to pick between El Nino or La Nina, I, I'm a, I'm an El Nino guy. What about you? I like El Nino. Oh yeah, because we got the. I mean, and and on average, generally a little better shot of uh, some snow plus uh, some uh, wild weather. I used to be an El Nino guy, but. If I have to shovel snow, I'll probably go back to being a Lanata guy. <laughs> well, Lanata. Uh, it, it, it always really makes a difference on where the jet stream sets up. So generally, a very general, taking out all the other, other factors of it, a La Nina will cause, the, especially a strong one, will generally cause the jet stream to remain north of the area, which would put us more in a warmer climate. And a strong El Nino will cause the jet stream to be very amplified and probably south of us. So the more cold pockets in uh, Chicago and lots of heavy snow in more, New York. More ice storms, maybe. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I could do without the ice. Yeah, you know, we, did, we did have one or two really good uh, sticking snows last winter, didn't we? Or did we? I mean, I remember... They weren't huge. Yeah, but just enough to... But good enough for me. 
Yeah, then, then go away. That That's all my thing right there. Uh, okay, we have a really easy weather word of the week, so let's get to that. All right. It's the weather word of the week. I love that catchy jingle. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll use it until I get something better. <laughs> All right, this week's Stormdar Weather Word of the Week is... Diurnal? Yes, diurnal. Diurnal. Which means... Every day, occurring every day, daily. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we use it a lot in our forecast when we talk about uh, diurnally driven thunderstorms. Uh, that means just something is going to just happen every afternoon. And, something to be expected. Yeah, in diurnal... Uh, I love that word, and I thought, you know, it's not technically a weather word, but we use it a lot in weather, mm -hmm. uh, with the weather forecast and the discussions and stuff to mean something that's going to occur every day. If we're stuck in a pattern like we are. Yeah, and I don't see anything in the foreseeable future that's going to break us. No, and like you said, it is very early to be stuck in this pattern. Oh, yeah. I mean, e even June is a little early, but for May, I'm just curious because if this Invest 90L would happen to develop, I mean, they're saying five days, maybe 40% chance, maybe, mm. you know, and the EC, the European, is right, and it goes up into the Gulf Coast, that might be something to stir up a little bit. Hopefully, here. if that would happen. Yeah. Something to get us out of the pattern that we're in right now. Yeah, it's it, it's way too early right now. Uh, so how's, how's, how's your car looking? Is it green or yellow or? It has been, it, uh, I haven't noticed it this week as much as I did, had noticed it in the week, uh, last week and the week before that, it was pretty bad. Of course I park under a tree, so. Oh yeah. Is it a walnut tree? No, I have no idea. I, I live next to a forest, so. Oh, you got everything then. I got everything. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I think we mentioned last week, uh, and I, the, about the, the, the walnut trees and that's the last tree of the whole batch that's supposed to be you know pollinating at this point and getting right. stuff out i mean uh there wasn't a whole bunch of talk about cedar or juniper i mean i usually go crazy sneezing on cedar mm -hmm. and and i wasn't crazy i'm only taking two claritins this whole season so oh, wow that's what's odd for for me but. i don't have to take anything they don't bother me whatsoever so yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the story is with that lucky you some say it's because i'm native american Ah, and uh, it's in my blood. I also don't get bit by mosquitoes or any kind of bugs. No allergies, no nothing like that. No spider bites, nothing. Uh, very, very rare to be bit by a spider. Wow. I also can't grow a beard. <laughs> Unrelated, I know, but well, it could be a Native American. It's Native thing. American, it is actually. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't even know. What I am, I'm I'm just country. I'm from Springfield, so I need to do that ancestry thing sometimes. You do, I uh, I do I do all that ancestry and genealogy. I ran into a bunch of Lunas just this past week over in uh, Ozark County. So I don't know if you in have Gainesville, any, any uh, yeah over well county wide. There's just was tons of Lunas back in the 1800s. I don't yep. know if there are any of your ancestors. Yep, yep. practically everybody well, named Luna in Ozark County. Then we might be a little related somewhere. No back way. In the day, so I'm going to do some research. On I that always one thought day. we might be distant brothers in a, <laughs> in we a recent. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, enough of that. Back to the the allergies. Yeah, um, we're allergies are pretty good. Uh, the forecast is, uh, I looked at pollen.com. I get that. And I look also, I try to get the Springfield uh, Health Department. They have the allergy things. Uh, Tuesday, today is high allergies. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, they're talking moderately high. 
And uh, they have been, we have been riding high for the past, you know, pretty much month. And mold is very high, which makes total sense. It rains, then the sun comes out, and you got mold development. Uh -huh. And, and uh, I know a lot of people are very sensitive to mold. I fortunately am not sensitive to mold. So, uh, and grass uh, pollen is very high. I assume when the chance of rain, now I don't know this, when the chance of rain goes up, like like I think tomorrow we have a fifty percent chance. Yeah, they does the does the pollen levels go down with the rain since the rain would the rain kind of uh, uh, freeze the pollen a little bit? Not freeze, but kind of keep it from moving around into the into the yeah. air. Um, actually, I have done a little bit of research on that, right. and and I have seen where we have these rainy periods. Uh, you get the daily pollen count; it does go way down. Okay, yeah, but you know, like I just said, right after that, the sun comes out, that mold. Boom, oh, yeah. it just goes way, way up. So maybe we'll be in uh, the better better half of the allergy season. I mean, I hope everybody's not suffering too bad. Uh, you know, again, we like we said this morning, you just said 50% tomorrow. That's after 9 a.m. So this could hmm. be an uh, interesting day tomorrow. And, could be. And that'll reduce the thing. So got anything else? I'm good. Just uh, stay cool out there. Stay hydrated. I know it's early to say that, but you got to do it. I, I, I know. And we're talking middle 80s to possibly upper 80s. Oh, one last little thing. Uh, I checked the uh, Enhanced uh, Hazardous Weather Outlook mm -hmm. uh, this morning, and they have are starting to introduce uh, excessive heat probabilities towards the end of the seven days. So probably next Sunday, which would be what? Memorial Day. That's bad news. Yeah. So and I know there's going to be lots and lots of people out on that lake. We're going to be getting our fried egg picture out before too long aren't we oh i hope not i love the fried egg picture but man that just means we're gonna have hot and humid. you know we think we're in the dog days of summer now we are not in the dog days of summer <laughs> yet all right well let's wrap this up all right okay be sure to look for us on facebook at stormdar weather like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed you can always contact us through our facebook page or send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.